Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at check out for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Dana Lash here with y'all. I know y'all were like, where's she at? And I was all, where are my friends at? Where's everybody? It's Monday though. It's good to be with you. And this, I'm just going to go into it because we're a little jacked right now here, our first seg. But uh, it's a packed show. It's a very busy day, and I got a bunch of stuff for you uh, to get into, including how I just, I'm not a big person on saying I told you so, which is a lie. Because I completely am a big person on saying that person. I'm always like, I told you so, I told you so. So uh, we're going to kind of do some of that right now because I saw the most fascinating headline, guys, over... The weekend from the Wall Street Journal. And I'm sure, ladies and gentlemen, across this beautiful land, that you saw the same. Lab leak, most likely origin of coronavirus pandemic. And now the U.S. agency, the Energy Department. Energy Department. This is weird. That's what it says. Energy Department. I know. But they said that, yes, uh, it looks like that is, in fact, every everything, all your conspiracy theories are correct. Yes, your your conspiracy theories are absolutely correct. So it's yet another instance of this. I don't even want to call it lab leak theory. It's not lab leak theory. It's lab leak fact. It's just that's the it's fact. It came from the lab. I what was here's my thought. And I was actually like kind of going back and forth over this before we joined. What was the benefit to us pretending that it wasn't from a lab? What was the benefit to that? We all knew it was from, we all knew that this is how this happened. We all knew that this is how it worked. We knew this. So what's the benefit? It's not like we're afraid China's going to come kick our ass. What is the benefit? I mean, I mean, at some point they probably will try, but they're broke right now. And they're scared. And Xi Jinping is like, I just got, I just won, right? I just kind of won my fake election to stay in my commie office. But what was, what was the benefit? Kane, you got thoughts? Don't just put it in Slack. I mean, what are you, what, my you, initial you and thoughts, everybody else. My initial thoughts are that it just, the benefit was to protect the practices that they've been enjoying over the last 30 years as it relates to quote unquote viruses and pandemics. Mm-hmm. I think they control the release of these. But again, you always accuse me of these tinfoil hats. No, I didn't say that you were totally tinfoil hat. Well, I'm, I wear some of it. Oh, you'd say I sleep in tinfoil well, sheets. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, surrounded by crystals. Yeah, so that's, you always blame me for chips. that. But I truly feel like there is a control aspect of this right. where they control what type of viruses go out, what type of medicines will follow. And I think they've been doing that for quite a while. And I think they didn't want to mess up that whole thing. 
by admitting that they were in. I mean, because it basically means we helped financed it. Right. And I say like we like unknowingly we like I'm not saying like, you know, we as in, oh, we all did this because we we did. Was this what informed consent? I mean, are you asked where your tax payer dollars go? Where's the you know, we sit here and we talk about the accountability for all of our money in Ukraine. Where, what about here? I would like a full accountability of all my dollars, Uncle Sam. Where did I mean, they treat this is like the Matrix. It really is. We are the people in the pods and we just churn out money for the federal government so that they can sit here and fund bat diseases. That's essentially what's happening. This because when are we going to be able to say that out loud without getting banned on social media or wherever? Because ultimately, that means we funded it. The United States government funded it. For, and, it and I don't believe in a lab leak. I really don't. I especially don't believe in a lab leak after it was said that that institute was like the gold standard institute. That's what one of the things that's, I think, being kind of forgotten in all of this is that that was considered the gold standard of all of, the, of, all of these labs. And that's one of the reasons why we had our people there. We had our researchers and scientists there those were the ones who sent the cable to dc saying wow super sketch here y'all i mean not like that but you know what i mean i mean very you know much more sciencey but they were saying you know warning warning mega sketch happening mega sketch shade going on over here and they were the ones who sent that secret cable because they you know they were under operating under the same impression we were that this lab was the gold standard that's how it was reported it was celebrated and then now look at it. Now look where we are. I don't believe in accidents. I believe in intentions and intentional intentions. And that's what I think happened. I think that it was purposefully. You want to ask me? I'll say it. If no one else has the beans to do it, I think it was purposefully done. I think it was bio warfare. That's exactly what I believe. That's not tinfoil. I mean, it's Occam's razor. So there's a big difference there. So now what? I mean, like, what are we going to get? Don't do that again. That's a big time. No, no. One of the things that I want everyone to realize is that we sit here and say, well, what kind of penalties should be implemented? And I'm not talking about, you know, armed conflict, but I am talking about Americans having to make some very difficult choices about some things. And that starts with our government. So that means the government, guess what? We're not going to sit here and fund fat lesbian studies. It means we're not going to sit here and study shrimp on treadmills. Hey, guess what? It means we're not going to give billions. We're giving billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine, and we can't even get a rare earth element mined up and going in the United States because of the expense and the bureaucracy. I mean, to say nothing of our own southern border. So maybe, just maybe, here's the thought. How about we become a little bit more self-sufficient here in the U.S. of A., Get our own sustainable antibiotic program going. Go ahead and make sure that we have these rare earth mineral mines going. Uh, get around some of this red tape. I mean, we can sit here and pass all these laws about emergency authorizations. We can do it for everything except environmental stuff. And there's a difference between let's not poison the water for everyone and let's save the piping plover. All of the humans in the world have to die to save this fat little bird. That's, there's a difference. You see what I'm saying here? So let's do that. And then I think the severe penalty should be that, I mean, I, I mean, what, stop trade? I know some people are going to be like, Dana, that's isolation. Well, look, you know what? I would love to live in the kittens and sunshine world that you live in also, where the streets are so clean and paved with peppermint that you can lick them. 
without fear of feces or needles like in a lot of these major Democrat-run cities. I would love to live in that world. I mean, what is it like there? What's it like? Maybe you can share with all of us your perfect, happy little world where we don't have to do any of this stuff. But unfortunately, we are on this rock with a bunch of jack wagons. And sometimes jack wagons only understand one thing, and that is jack wagon response. So, I mean, jack wagon to jack wagon, let's just go ahead and just mess up. Tra- let's do it. I'm just done with this. What kind of pill? And we all knew this. People were being bounced from social media for even asking the question, you know, because the State Department or somebody else was so terrified that, you know, Lucinda down in Alabama asking on Facebook whether or not it was leaked on purpose is just going to start a riot. I mean, what in the world? This is the nature of our country right now. So this is what I got for you coming up. So, yes, I, I mean, I literally have it. The conspiracy was real. The call is coming from inside of the House, America. Now Democrats have a new tactic to go after gas stoves. Dude. I thought they weren't going I, you know what? Castle Doctrine applies in Texas. Come and take it. Uh, let's see. Also, we're going to get into the whole Fetterman thing. Is his wife on vacation somewhere? And he's in the hospital? Huh. Nothing says I love you like leaving your bedridden, hospitalized husband. So we're going to get into all of that. We've got some stuff on Ohio. Uh, The entirely manufactured day of hate. I saw this online and I was like, what is this? Did you see that online? What was that? I have no idea. What the hell was it? Nobody knows what it was. Okay, so uh, I think it was a psyop. So we're going to talk about all of that. And then coming up in the third hour, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. So just literally earlier today, he signed that removal of the special... Uh, tax-exempt status for the Reedy Creek thing for Disney. And his memoir is out tomorrow. So he's on his book tour. His memoir is out tomorrow. And in his memoir, he actually talks about how Bob Chapik was, you know, calling him up saying, oh, I don't know, Governor, I'm getting real hit by Democrats and, you know, other woke Disney people. I just think who you you run your company. And he apparently was, a, well, he was a bad leader. So Ch- Chapek's now out, but he recounts all that. He's going to join us in our third hour. So it's a super packed show. So Valentine's Day may be over, but the need to say I love you is never over. You can say I love you over and over again with a meat subscription from Good Ranchers. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold in stores is imported from overseas. That doesn't say I love you. What does say I love you is 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat and seafood delivered right to your door. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers. Ditch the usual gifts and say I love you with a subscription to American Meat instead. Snag your $30 off with my code Dana at GoodRanchers.com today. With the 100% satisfaction guarantee, you can count on your monthly delivery of meat to always deliver the quality a great gift needs. Forget flour deliveries. Set up an easy, affordable, and delicious subscription to American Meat. Deliver today by GoodRanchers.com and save $30 with code Dana. Say you're the best with the best meat in America from GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers American Meat Delivery. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So I want you all to meet my favorite headline so far of this year. Mexican president sparks social media frenzy by sharing a photo of a creature he claims is an elf sitting atop a tree. President Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador shared a photo of... And it looks a mythical, some kind of like mythical. I've heard about this stuff before. There's like a whole like viral video about this online. It's a mischievous sprite in ancient Mayan lore. He was mocked online for his claims. 
And because the picture is the exact picture I'm talking about. It's a still from the viral video. And it was taken like a couple of years earlier. But he shared it. And he, it's, oh my gosh, it's hysterical. Apparently, what is it, a raccoon with a bag on its head? It's a tree. It's a tree. That's a, anyway, it's my favorite. Uh, moving on. This one isn't as awesome, but it's still pretty interesting. A Georgia woman uh, apparently intentionally crashed her vehicle into Popeye's over missing biscuits. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of on the fence about this one because, you know, them biscuits is tasty. Belinda Miller was charged with first-degree criminal damage to property and aggravated assault. Deputies with the Richmond County Sheriff's Office were called to Popeye's in Augusta after they got reports of an accident with some injuries. Miller was angry when she discovered there were no biscuits in her order. And then she drove her SUV right into a restaurant entrance. You know, because that's the, that's the sensible way to respond to Missing Biscuits. Great punk band name, Missing Biscuits. The manager also said that she threatened staff. And then uh, they, yeah, she actually called and said, I'm going to do this. So she struck an 18-year-old employee. That employee is okay, but this woman's going to be in jail. So, you know, there's a better way to kind of go about that, really. And business econ- economists are saying a recession's looming. We'll talk more about that next. Folks, are you concerned about American K-12 through education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus, entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. It's time to embrace the suck. Continually worrying about your investments dipping while the market remains extremely volatile? Pay attention to the companies where your money is located. Is it time to reevaluate your financial decisions or just continue to embrace the suck? Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So do you plan to travel there and have you talked with the mayor? I, I, I can't recall that. I don't think I've talked to the mayor. I've talked to everyone else there and I'm multiple times. I've talked to both the senators, both, uh, both governors. I've talked to uh, everyone there is to talk to. So he can't. OK, well, what about the mayor? That's you. I mean, you were specifically asked, dude, about the mayor. I mean, did you, did you talk to him specifically? I'm curious. Oh, that was a no. Oh, OK. All right. Well, there you go. That's a no. Welcome back to the program. He didn't say two governors. Did he say the two governors? Because I thought I heard that, but I could be wrong because I'm multitasking around. But it's the political spin doctor. Did he say that? Uh, instead of two princes, it's two governors. I don't know why that popped in my head. Yes, ma- well, he's talking about I think Pennsylvania. There, and I'm multiple times. Yeah, talked to both because the Pennsylvania is also affected. Both governors. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. so, but he hasn't talked to the mayor. You know, of the town which this happened in. Dana Lashier with you. Bottom of this first hour. Are you surprised, though? Are you surprised that he hasn't? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think that is... It's sad because 
they sent Buttigieg and they thought that that was good enough. And it wasn't. I have a piece that we're pubbing over at the newsletter, chapter and verse on this, from Lorraine. But it, it, that's not good enough. You, I mean, the president could go to everywhere else, but apparently that sticks in people's minds. I wanted to, let me pull this up. Let me give you just a little insight. This is why this is, this is, I'm going to tell you, this is why it is super bad. I have this piece. I actually wasn't going to hit this, but now I think it might be, uh, I think it might be uh, important for me. Let me pull this up. My bookmark, my bookmark system. It's too crazy. So going into, because we're still a little away from 2024. And remember that, I mean, it's, with Democrats especially, I don't, they, they have nothing together. They don't know what they're going to do. But Pennsylvania is an interesting state. It's an interesting state. And I'm still trying to get this up. Apparently, I have a million things saved with the same tag. I just, yay, Dana. So he's, you have Pennsylvania and Ohio. These are both incredibly important states. And where this happened in East Palestine, I mean, it's, you know, that's why, I mean, it, it's why Pennsylvania is involved in this because they're also affected by it. And there is about six states. Here it is. I was looking back. It's an old piece that I have that's looking back at just like the, you know, the, the, the differences in results between like Clinton and Trump and then Trump and Biden. So a lot of people are watching these six states going into 2024, right? And obviously the two states that I'm, that I'm talking about are, are some of those states. You have Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, North Carolina, Arizona, and Georgia. And I, you know, Ohio I think is important as well. But, in, in, but particularly in Pennsylvania. And a lot of this is electoral college mess. So you have Joe Biden and Democrats who are pretty much ignoring what's going on in East Palestine, Ohio. And because it's affecting Pennsylvanians, they're kind of ignoring Pennsylvanians as well. Even if Biden were to run again, I mean, he didn't win, you know, these, you know, these areas with the margin that you would expect a Democrat to win, especially Pennsylvania. That's part of the blue wall, right? There are three uh, states that have pretty much voted the exact same way since the early 90s. And it's Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin and Michigan. Now, all together, they have 44 electoral votes. Now, all, and it used to have, I think, what, in 2020, they had more, but they lost. They, I think it was Michigan and one of the other states lost, lost an electoral vote. So in 2016, Trump took all three of them. Now, it was a small margin, but it was huge because he, he took all three of them. Biden took it back in 2020. Now, he only won Pennsylvania by 1.2%. Now you see what I mean when I'm bringing this back to what's happening here. Because this situation in East Palestine is affecting, in East Palestine is affecting Ohio, or Pennsylvania. This in East Palestine, Ohio is affecting Pennsylvania as well. There are a lot of blue-collar and just average everyday working folks who are apoplectic over inflation, gas prices, the instability abroad, which is affecting Everything from consumer behavior to manufacturing here. They're, they're concerned to say nothing of the division. Just looking at just basic everyday living and, and necessities. And they are incredibly disillusioned with this party. They're freaking out after when they looked at 
the last election, what happened in Florida, when a huge segment of the minority vote that they were able to count on every election, they lost. And they're seeing that across the country. That plus the you know, blue-collar worker. Democrats really prided themselves on being the party of blue-collar. And that has flipped. And so going into 2024, no matter who the candidate is going to be for Democrats, it's going to be weak and they're going to be in a weak position. Joe Biden's the weakest of all. You realize he didn't have anything. One of our friends, uh, Larry, who is a longtime listener of the show, he noted that Biden didn't have anything on his public schedule to what, like afternoon today? You don't have any time before that. He was in Delaware over the weekend. He was hanging out back home over the weekend. He had no time at all whatsoever to just pop on over to East Palestine. You got to be kidding me. That sends a message to people. And if you think it doesn't, I will point you back to how Hillary Clinton forgot where Wisconsin was. That's the whole reason why she forgot where Wisconsin was. Didn't even go. Presidential candidate didn't even visit one of the three blue wall states. That's wild. So Democrats are not in a good position here. This is one of the reasons why Republicans are playing this up so much. I mean, in also, it's disastrous. And who wouldn't freak out? But this is, this kind of gives you some insight into all of this. Hmm. All right, I got something else too. Can you play for me? Speaking of some of the Democrats on this stuff, play for me, s'il te plaît. Uh, this is going to be audio found by whatever Penn says. Or not Penn, uh, Paul Ryan. Somebody called him Tim Ryan online, and I just don't. Yeah. Can I hear this ridiculousness, please? Thank you. Come 2024, the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee, where will you be? It uh, it depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump. You won't show up if it's not. Yeah, I'm not interested in participating in that, no. Even in Wisconsin. Really? Okay, can I? I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really blunt. You're ready. So I have, this is exactly how I have it down on my rundown. Because when I heard this, I thought, this is stupid. Uh, this is as dumb as people who say they won't vote if Trump isn't the nominee. I can't stand that. I mean, I'm going to support who the nominee is so long as it's not Mitt Romney. It's not going to be, but you know what I mean? Because that's different and don't judge me. But it not, I'm not, he's not going to run. But why do this? This is just bad strategy. It's bad gamesmanship. I, what, why I find it fascinating is because these were the same people in 2012. So in 2012, I think everybody in the Republican Party hated me because I did not like Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was the nominee. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's just so bad. I mean, he invented Obamacare. I mean, there's all these bad things. And I was just not into it. I wasn't a big Mitt Romney fan. Me and my, my late friend, and I worked for him when I edited Big Journalism over at Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart. Andrew and I like went round and round about this. He's like, you got to go, you, you, you got to support the nominee. And then, you know, yes, the old adage, you got to go, you go to war with the soldiers you have. Yeah, but he's not a soldier. This was my response. And oh my gosh, it was just back and forth. But in the end, I begrudgingly supported the nominee. Because I could never bring myself to have my vote count as something in favor of a Democrat, even if it wouldn't cast. And all these same people, the Paul Ryans of the GOP, you got to be a team player. You got to strategize. This is about strategy. This is about making sure Democrats. That's all I heard from these people 
Oh my gosh. There are some people who I was friends with that I today do not talk to because they got so nasty over this back in 2012. Now that may seem like a long time to hold a grudge and I agree, but I think that's why they are the way they are. But it is just incredibly befuddling now to see these exact same people, the exact same people like Paul Ryan because he was the VP. He was the VP pick and everyone's like, oh, he's the conservative young gun. And I'm like, ah, is he though? I mean, I got some questions. Is he? And now all these exact same people are saying, well, I just don't know if I can do it if this person's the Trump's the nominee. Some of the people who still didn't even go for Trump in the general in 2016. In the primary, I always, I, I'm, I, I think governor is the best step to that job. And, I, and in the primary in 2016, Trump's voting record was entirely unknown. He had like no time. What are we going to judge it on, right? I mean, you got to go by words alone. And that kind of scary to somebody who's like very hardcore 2A and, you know, pro-life and all this stuff as I am. So, you know, I like to, I like governors. And then after, I think it was, for, it was for Perry first and then Cruz and then in the general, I mean, my gosh, I'm gonna, I would rather jump off my roof and break my legs down to nubbins than to cast a vote for Hillary Clinton or allow my vote to be counted towards Hillary Clinton. Are you kidding me? Almost gives me anxiety. I don't get anxiety, but I almost get it. And so I just don't understand these people like Paul Ryan saying these kind of things. That just sounds petty. You're not winning anybody over. What is the purpose of what you're doing if not to convince people? I always, I always tell people, do an ego check. If what you're doing isn't to win hearts and minds, and you're just doing it for self-gratification, and you are in this for the wrong reasons, everybody's got to stop, especially in politics, needs to stop and do an ego check every now and then. Wait, 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 why are you doing what you're doing? Is it for you? Or are you actually doing it because you're trying to persuade people? I mean, that's, isn't that the, like, the art of politics, trying to persuade people? That is not persuasive. That is my way or the highway. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't attract anyone. And it doesn't, if they think it comes off as like tough, it doesn't. It just, there's a difference between tough and petty. And I think one of the big differences is that tough doesn't care what you think. Petty wants to look tough, but desperately cares what you think. But I think it's just as dumb as people who are like, I just want, because some of the people who are hardcore against Trump, even still in the general in 2016, and there are some people who don't understand the difference between primary and the general. And there are some paid operatives who like to conflate it too to try to divide division in the right or to cause division in the right. And they know who they are. So do you. But in the, in the general in 2016, there were still some people who, or they kept saying, oh, but Trump, but Trump this, the Trump that. And now they're like anybody whose name is even brought up in 2024. Oh, they hate them too. I'm like, well, then you're not even a Republican anymore, are you? You're not... You're not even a conservative. That doesn't make sense. So I don't know. Is he in that court? I mean, who? So, you know, over the weekend, they had, um, there were a lot of confabs that were happening over the weekend. Okay. In full disclosure, I was at the Florida Blueprint. And there were two Florida, actually, like a couple of things going on in Florida. And then in Austin, Texas, uh, what's his face? Carl Rove had a confab and Mike Pence was down there. Dan Crenshaw was down there, too. I thought that was kind of interesting. If you want to kind of know where the establishment was going, that's where it went. It was in Austin. 
over the weekend. Just saying. Ah, fascinating stuff. But I don't know if Ryan was down there or not. But that just that kind of stuff from people like him doesn't help at all. Does not help at all. I think he got soured on all this. All right, we have uh, a lot more on the way, including yeah, the entirely manufactured day of hate. What is even that? I don't even know. Uh, we also have uh, even more on Ohio and how all the conspiracies were right. The new tactic too to go after gas stoves. Come and take it. And then we got Florida Governor Ron DeSantis coming up in the third hour. So a lot to hit. We're doing more work than Joe Biden's done in his presidency. How about that? I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG? Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. (laughs) I mean, who is gonna believe that crazy idea (laughs) being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. Man, huh, Woody Harrelson's SNL monologue. It's like one of the only times I've ever paid attention to SNL. Like I can't, I was watching the, the, uh, a recording of it on Sunday. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Because he slammed the uh, injections, the government injections. And if you, because I saw Saturday night that he I had a, uh, I mean, legit, it was like a working dinner. Uh, like policy dinner. You listen to policy. But I was looking online at one point and I saw that Woody Harrelson was trending and the left was losing their minds because he said this and they're like oh my gosh it's that but like people are accusing him of being right wing are we are now at the point where now they consider woody harrelson right wing that is how far nuts these people have gone it's not even left anymore where did they go they're not even on the it's like they're off track somewhere who knows that's Boy, so this is what we got coming up in your second hour, ladies and gents. The latest on Ohio. Plus, we're also going to. Republicans are saying that the DOD leaked their files. A couple, two more Republicans came out. The DOD leaked their files to a Dem Oppo research group. I told you, man, it's getting crazier. And then something that Biden did over the weekend that you didn't know. 
Oh, I know, because everybody's watching something else. We're going to give you all the info. we got a lot more packed show coming up. Stay with us. Second hour on the way. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile dot com slash Dana or call eight seven eight Patriot Patriot Mobile dot com slash Dana or call eight seven eight Patriot. The reason, as you just alluded to, is because the Chinese are not providing data and it originated there. And they the WHO, the World Health Organization, has asked them to do that. The Biden administration, countless European countries. And until they do that, and I doubt they ever will at this point, it will be very difficult even for the intelligence agencies in the United States or any other country to have a a real conclusion of what the origin is here. So Interesting, not insignificant, the Department of Energy, but we still don't actually really know. Yeah, um, but I think that we do. I mean, who are you going to believe? Like the actual people who are working in these departments who are saying, guys, it's just, uh, yeah, this is what this is. Or are you going to believe someone whose job is to spin, was to spin, you know, for the the president of the United States and the, that's just, I just don't think that that she's a legitimate source of, denial on this i really don't but that's all about that energy department coronavirus report from wall street journal which says yeah it's their revised assessment it's based on new intel they're saying yeah it looks uh kind of looks like it came out from a from a leak that's right. what it looks like uh yeah it looks like we got a, a lab is on it came out from there that conspiracy theory that you guys all got booted for on social media was in fact a thousand percent correct. Who knew? I, I we kind of knew Kane, right? Yeah, oh, we yeah. we sort of knew. Oh yeah. I mean, that's incredibly significant, and they just want to downplay it, completely downplay it. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. It's just 15 days to slow the spread. Yeah, it arose from a laboratory leak, and that's according to all the classified intel that's been provided. Now China had rejected it. We don't believe it. They rejected the assessment. They said that, you know, it's just there's there's intelligence that's come out that we have from our intel agencies that show this. But they're quick to say, well, it looks like it was an accident. I just don't believe that it was. I mean, I, I have no. But that's me. I don't, I'm not looking at what they're looking at, but I also don't trust government either. So, but for her to downplay that, that's you're not that's you're not going to convince anybody. I mean, we we were they, they were they told everyone that it was racist to 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 even say such a thing it's racist to say that it it was leaked up which i have no idea what that has to do with racism but there it is dana lash here top of our second hour ladies and gentlemen we have uh florida man coming up later on in this program and we're also next hour we're going to talk to florida governor ron DeSantis. 
He's got a new book that's coming out tomorrow. And he's created this sort of conservative blueprint that he's been sharing with other governors and talking to other state lawmakers about so that other states can replicate what Florida has done, which that would be great, Texas. That would be great to do, Texas. It would be amazing to see that happen in Texas, you know, in your state. I don't know what that's just the wind. It's real windy here. So to this point, <clears throat> excuse me, with this, this, this lab leak, I mean, I wonder what new intel, I mean, they didn't get into precisely absolutely everything, but I'm curious to see, I'm curious to learn more about the new intelligence that it, it just, to me, does not, I mean, we, it seems a lot like the same intelligence that we had, just from what I know, from everything that I've read, it seems like the exact same intelligence. I'm just wondering, what's going on here? Oh, interesting. But we were all conspiracy theorists. The whole thing with everything from hydrochloric window, whatever. I, I mean, I just, I just don't know. How, do you, how, how does government retrain, regain trust from people? I'm not sure. Now, some of the other things that I want to hit today that I want you to be aware of. So let's start with uh, some of the latest for Ohio, the East Palestine. I basically... So Biden was asked, we played this audio earlier, when he was discussing why he didn't go to East Palestine, he talked to everybody except apparently the mayor. He sent personal time Pete out there to do what? I don't know. But New York Post has this Delaware, there was a reporter in Delaware because because Biden was in Delaware over the weekend. So he was leaving Delaware, as he was leaving Delaware, to go back to D.C. He was getting on Marine One. Actually, this is, let me correct myself. He was getting on Marine One to go to Delaware from D.C., and it was a reporter from Delaware who had asked him uh, if he was planning at any point to visit East Palestine, Ohio. And he said that, no... That was his quote. At the moment, no. And he basically said that's because he wasn't invited. Now, my characterization and some of the characterization that I've read is not incorrect. This was his direct quote. I'm going to read it verbatim. So it's quote, and so the idea that we're not engaged is simply not there. In addition, there was not a request for me to go out, even before I was heading to Kiev, end quote. Um, do you, he had to be invited? Does he wait? Is that why he hasn't been to the border? Because they haven't sent him a special embossed invitation? Come and visit the border. Is that why he hasn't gone? I mean, I don't really... I, some people ask, well, what would, what would it do? I had a friend of mine who's, who's pretty left. And was saying openly, you know, online, well, what would it accomplish if Biden actually went to East Palestine? What would it accomplish? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would show these bureaucrats and these government agencies that the president of the United States cares about what's happening. So maybe 
they shouldn't slack in getting things cleaned up, EPA, or in paying for these people having to evacuate their homes for, you know, who knows how long, uh, you know, Norfolk Southern. I mean, maybe that's, you know, the fact that he doesn't even, good heavens. And by the way, did you hear too? I didn't even know this. I'm from, we're in Texas. Texas and Michigan officials say they were unaware that water and soil from the Ohio wreck was going to be transported to their states. Did you know that, Kane? You didn't know that, being here in Texas? Mm-hmm. The Federal Environmental Protection Agency asked Norfolk Southern to ship, to stop its shipments uh, so that it can review their plans for disposal. And then they said that they're, because they were, that was, that was the whole thing. About 2 million gallons of firefighting water from the derailment site were going to be disposed in Harris County, Texas. And about a half a million gallons worth is already there. According to the Harris County Chief Executive. In fact, Judge Lena Hildalgo uh, said Thursday, quote, It is a very real problem. We were told yesterday that the materials were coming only to learn that they've been here for a week. So, now, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine was not told where they were going to send this stuff. Now, Daniel Tierney, who is a spokesperson for Governor DeWine's office, was saying, well, you know, that's the train companies are responsible for the transport of material. The EPA, because it's interstate transport also, is responsible for regulating that transport Kane, just a, a quick aside, two words that were used here, or one word twice, transport. Yeah. That's, do we have a department for that? We do. We do. We also have a uh, quite absent secretary of that department as well. Where is personal time Pete on the EP? Because see, this seems like singularly a job that, I don't know, a transportation yeah. secretary would be involved with. Because you have the... Railroad company, who is responsible for the transport of the material, the EPA, because of the chemicals and materi- the material involved, regulates said transport. So now they're shipping this from one state to another. Seems like the Department of Transportation, because we're all talking about transport, railways and highways, and goes through a lot of states and goes by a lot of areas. It just seems like that's, you know, kind of a given that he would be involved in this. His name's not mentioned in this piece. By the way, I'll have you know, one of the pieces I have on this is a CNN piece. They're actually genuinely incredulous over this, which is kind of a first. They said that the EPA will ensure that all waste is disposed of in a safe and lawful manner. At EPA certified facilities, sounds like Raccoon City, at EPA certified facilities to prevent further release of hazardous substances and impacts to communities, the department said in a statement on Saturday. Oh, really? So the contaminated soil, now that was the water going to Texas. Now let's look at where the soil is going. That was just one part of the equation. Let's look at the other. Contaminated soil from the derailment site 
has been taken to U.S. Ecology Wayne Disposal in Belleville, Michigan. Now, Debbie Dingle, who is a representative out of Michigan, revealed this on Friday. She said that neither she and not even Gretchen Whitmer, big Gretch up there, were aware of plans for toxic waste to be delivered to disposal sites in her district. Now, I will say this of Debbie Dingle. She's not my favorite. She's a Democrat, but she's not nuts. So for her to be a little apoplectic over this, that that signal. I mean, they re- I really don't think that no one told them anything. Uh, she said that she called absolutely everybody. She said nobody had been given a heads up that they were coming here. She said, you know when she learned about this? Literally Thursday late afternoon. That was the first she had been told about any of that, any contaminated soil. So they said that the, I mean, these were truckloads of solid waste hauled away from the derailment site. Fifteen of those truckloads were taken to Michigan, and then five of them were returned to East Palestine. Uh, About 102,000 gallons of liquid waste and 4,500 cubic yards of solid waste are still in storage in East Palestine. And then there's five truckloads, not including the five truckloads that were returned, said DeWine. So nobody was even notified. Now, I will say this. uh, The one time that Poot is mentioned, personal time Pete, anywhere in this conversation, was when he was quoted by another, by MSNBC on Saturday, that the Biden's administration they've done really well in managing the disaster and he said that agencies have been quote really well coordinated does that sound like well coordinated to you and by the way texas officials including hidalgo that hidalgo that i just mentioned earlier uh they literally learned about all of this from the press texas molecular the company that was hired to, to dispose of the water didn't even tell anybody they were they learned about all of this from the press <sighs> great job there let's go brandon and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech this is interesting so footage finally came out after this took place at, i mean this was just uh what a couple of days ago uh this all is coming out uh footage from a Chinese fighter jet and a guided missile destroyer warship warning a U.S. military plane, from what I understand it was a reconnaissance aircraft, uh, telling them to turn away from Chinese airspace in the South China Sea. The American reconnaissance aircraft was about 30 miles away from any airspace recognized as being owned by China at the time of the encounter. And the pilot warned the American pilot over the radio with the Chinese plane escorting the American plane for 15 minutes from just 500 feet away. And then they had the audacity of saying that we shot down their spy balloon and we overreacted. They sent a jet, not even in their airspace. We're in international airspace to do this 500 feet away. The photos and the footage are crazy. I'm going to put that in your email prep for subscribers to chapter and verse over at Substack. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, they're watching. We've got all kinds of economists saying that, you know, I think we're in a recession, but they're saying that. Uh, you know, stocks cl- stocks fell last Friday to close the worst week of 2023. They're they're uh, they're saying that data has undermined the idea that Feds that the Fed could cut rates later this year. 
It was the worst weekly performance of the year. Hot economic data has now rekindled worries about restrictive Federal Reserve policy because it's not because we can't stop spending is why. We're apparently Blinken, another headline for you, has pledged another 444, what is it, million dollars? This, this to Yemen in aid. We're going to talk about that coming up. Uh, also, we've got a couple, we've got a million things. The National Archives, remember the security officer who ordered students to remove their pro-life apparel and they wore that as like identifier so they know that they were in their group school group? Well, he was fired for that. So that's good. I'm glad to see that happen. We have a lot on the way. Stay with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. So I think things are a little out of whack, and I don't blame people for being down. You know, when you had a year, two years of, uh, of the pandemic, kids out of school, uh, the mental health problems in the country are seriously increased, especially among young people. Some things are, for example, even if they're down about employment, they've got better jobs. They're making more money. Inflation is still higher than it should be, and, uh, you know, Everything from gasoline prices to a, to a, a war going on in Ukraine. I mean, so I can't think of a time when there's been greater uncertainty, notwithstanding the fact we've created an 800,000 manufacturing job. We're better off than virtually any other major nation in the world economically. But it's understandable why people are just down. Is it, though? Manufacturing. Manafac. M-A-N-N-A. F-A-C-K. I love the way that he like pronounces things. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. Bottom of our second hour of this really weird Sunday. It's v- or Sunday. Monday. It's very windy. That's why you keep hearing me whisper. I just feel like a major smart aleck today. Uh, welcome back, though. It's good to be with you. Sign up for the newsletter, Chapter and Verse. I missed you guys Friday. My brother from another mother, Sergio, always did such a great job holding it down as usual. Uh, so this idea you know the president's like well you know it's understandable why people are just down that's only part of the the process of pretending to sympathize because you created a lot of this problem all i mean really i mean the the economy the inflation there's a lot that we can say is just him and his administration now there's some we can say that has built up over the course of several administrations and then he compounded it and made it worse because of his actions so he's not entirely responsible for some but he's culpable in all and entirely responsible for some so there's they he just seems incredibly out of touch they seem so out of touch don't they this family good grief yeah they seem very very out of touch so i just I, you know, I looked and this also is the, you know, people see headlines like this. This comes from The Hill. So Blinken earlier today has already pledged, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has already pledged more than $444 million in additional aid to Yemen. He says it's facing the world's worst humanitarian crisis of conflict, economic instability, food insecurity, and other issues. He says, quote, is one of the largest donors. This brings our total to the humanitarian response in Yemen to cover to over $5.4 billion since conflict began. He says the United States commitment to alleviating the suffering of millions from the world's worst humanitarian crisis in Yemen remains at resolute. He said in a statement. Now, 
They said that the United Nations has estimated that $4.3 billion needs to be raised to reverse a steady de- deterioration across the country. More than eight years of conflict pushed their economy and institutions to the brink, like basic goods are hard to come by, et cetera, et cetera. And it's always the United States, $444 million. Yemen is a member of the Arab League. There are 22 member states of the Arab League, including United Arab uh, Emirates. You have uh, uh, Qatar, you have Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Djibouti. I mean, you have a, there's 22 members, I believe. And I'm just wondering where they are in this. I mean, these are oil-rich nations. Oil-rich nations. I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, if, if you look at the, I mean, goodness, the, the, I mean, OPEC and OPEC plus and all the money that's been going in with gas and oil and everything. I mean, these are, these are very wealthy nations. This is, this is one of their own member nations. I'm just curious as to the level of their involvement in this. I, I, you know, I, that 444 could go for, I mean, so many things here dom- domestically. I mean, what is it? In United Arab Emirates, in du- right off in Dubai. Have you ever heard of the Palm Islands? Looks beautiful. This country is so wealthy, they built a entire bunch of islands, and it's shaped like a palm tree for tourists. And for rich people to have vacation homes. I mean, it's a massive island shaped like a palm tree. And I think it was completed back in 2006. It's a city within a city. It's pretty amazing. Entirely from sand and rocks. No concrete or steel was used. It's, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, crazy construction. There's a lot of, you know, people who've asked about, you know, the sedim- ocean sediments and the wildlife and the erosion and all this stuff. But... I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, there's all kinds of... What, where, what is the level of involvement in the Arab League in, in all of this? $444 million on top of so much else that has been donated. Not to say that it's not. And these are two separate issues. Whether or not something is, yes, you know, it's, it's awful to see suffering in the world. But you cannot... Fix everything. You cannot fix every country. You cannot fix every problem. You cannot fix every catastrophe. You cannot heal every heart. Uh, you know, you can't do that. You, you, not one country cannot be responsible for doing all of it because it does two things. It's, it overburdens the country doing all of it. And number two, it gives everybody else a pass. And you can't have one country always doing the most. Think about this. Let's pull in this up in my notes. $444 million. Like we're, we're sending, what was the amount that we're sending now again on Friday? It came out. We're sending to Ukraine a I whole bunch of other money. 200 billion. Yeah, now? but we're sending more. Oh yeah. 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 He said last week, oh, there's more going. Think another 50 bill. Something. Yeah. Something crazy. So why can't, and I pose this question online, why couldn't we use some of our own aid money, like our own this is, these are our taxpayer dollars. If we're going to spend our own aid money on anything, 
then wouldn't it be great if some of our own aid money could be spent on things like, I don't know, accelerating, as I said earlier, the domestic production of rare earth element mine to expedite the development of rare earth element mining or extraction or pioneering safer extraction? Or what about the, the, the domestic expansion and creation of new refineries? That is something that we sorely need that Democrats have opposed for forever. Or what about domestic antibiotic production? Here's a story that's back from a couple of years ago. So China has long cornered the market on antibiotics. Now, this really was coming out and people were really starting to pay attention to a lot of this, even more so during lockdown. The U.S. allowed its plants. There was a great, uh, there, I think this was a Market Watch, Wall Street Journal piece. Market Watch. There was this, this uh, question of sustainability in terms of our own antibiotic supply during lockdown. Everybody remember this and everyone's freaking out because you're talking about antibiotic uh, resistance, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We need to be able to develop more. One of the unfortunate things with Obamacare, which did not get overturned during the last time that Republicans held things, and that needs to be something that happens at some point, uh, was that the R&D development is going is going to be slashed because so many excise taxes and all this other stuff are going for everything else. And so marketing and R&D are the first things that are always cut. Well, R&D is, you know, you're, you're developing, you're exploring new uh, uh, antibiotics and treatments for those uh, resistant bacteria. So the U.S. allowed a lot of its plants to close under this onslaught of subsidized Chinese production. So, I mean, we, I mean, have almost no... Uh, ability or capacity to manufacture antibiotics. This market watch piece from a couple of years ago was discussing how China about roughly controls about roughly 90% of the global supply of the inputs needed to make generic antibiotics, things that treat like, you know, bronchitis, pneumonia, um, uh, pediatric uh, ear infections, life-threatening sepsis, things like that. Now, remember the generic antibiotics during lockdown in the middle of the pandemic and everything, including the azithromycin, there were a lot of secondary bacterial infections, but there was a a shortage. We had a shortage because the key things that are needed for azithromycin and other drugs, it's supplied by China. So we are, I mean, really, if you think about it, we're not really prepared for any kind of like bacterial widespread outbreak from bacterial infections. Listen to this from I'm going to make sure I cite this correctly. This is from NIH. They said most of the and this was back in April of 21. So these were the numbers at the time. So there and again, this is just what they're most of the 670. uh, They said most of the 675,000 Americans. They were talking about a number of people during coronavirus who had also passed away from uh, secondary bacterial infections. And they were talking about the shortages of antibiotics, etc. They even went back to the 1918 influenza pandemic. And they said most of the 675,000 Americans who died then, it was bacterial pneumonia. So, for instance, think about today if we were unable to get the necessary inputs or the net, what, what we needed for antibiotic production, think about how catastrophic that would be. Like for, you know, from f- like any, if you became ill with the flu and then you got like a secondary, you know, bacteria, et cetera, uh, infection. And penic- where, where it comes to penicillin, one of the things that 
the Market Watch piece noted is that the U- the last U.S. penicillin fermentation plant it used to produce seventy percent of the world's supply closed in two thousand and four because of Beijing. Market Watch notes strategically subsidizing its domestic drug manufacturing companies as they frequently sold drug inputs at below market price prices. So as a result, you know you had these manufacturing companies that were going out of business, and they, I mean, it, you know, scary. So now Beijing has this big return on their investment through the increased control of global pharmaceutical supply. So this, this is huge. Why can't we be more, if we're going to worry about sending our own taxpayer dollars and, and sending our dollars as aid to everybody else. Why can't we spend our aid on things that we need? We need aid here. <laughs> we need aid in energy independence. We need aid in creating more refineries. We need aid in becoming sustainable in terms of the production of antibiotics. We need that aid. We need that money to develop it. So why isn't it being done? Asinine. But we're going to send what? We're paying for pensions, other people's pensions in Ukraine. And we have homeless vets here. You kidding me? We're paying for pensions in Ukraine, and we got Border Patrol using their own money for diapers. For other people's kids that are coming across the border illegally because this federal government won't do anything about it. And then they try to tie all the governor's hands. If you go all the way back, all the way back to 0809-2010 with Jan Brewer in Arizona when Eric Holder went after her when she was trying to deport people and, and, and trying to enforce Arizona law, as was her right and duty as governor. And it was from that litigation that they started tying all these governors' hands. So, I mean, just... Hmm. And in the meantime, the cartels... The cartels are a sophisticated criminal organization, and I think that they're too underestimated. Way too underestimated. And I was having conversations with people uh, over this weekend, and one of the fascinating things was in the beginning, and we should talk more about this later, I know we got to get rolling, but in the beginning, you know, when, when fentanyl and, you know, the drugs were really coming across, you know, opioids coming across the southern border, you know, a lot of things were coming from China. Uh, they would have, a, you know, a lot of compounds coming from China that uh, the cartels could use in their manufacture of these opioids. And then they would send them across the border. And so people were, you know, rightfully accusing China of fueling a lot of this. But now the cartels have become so sophisticated and such a money making operation that they don't need to bring things in from China anymore. They're doing it themselves. They are becoming a self-sufficient, you know, bigger than any legal corporation, you know, criminal enterprise. They're not relying on, you know, crappy little guns that they get from gun stores here in the United States either. They're buying from arms. They are a massively sophisticated enterprise. Man, there's a perspective that needs changed in D.C. Telling you what, we have a long list of other things to get into, but we got Florida Man on the way. I don't want to miss. I did not become a Florida Man story over the weekend. I know you're proud. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so first up, <laughs> uh, a... I got a couple here. 
This is at a Wawa. A Florida man was arrested after his pants fell down at Wawa. Uh, A police officer was conducting a property check last Thursday night at a Wawa gas station. He entered the men's restroom and saw 57-year-old Rudolph McRae standing at the sink trying to pull up his pants. When McRae turned to look at the officer, his pants fell down from his waist to his ankles and a bag of crack fell right on the floor. And this sounds like a movie. As the baggie landed at McRae's feet, the officer saw that it contained an off-white rock-like substance. So the McRae said, no, no, I just found it. It's not mine. And but then he had more in his shirt pocket and apparently in his pocket. So he was taken to the police station. He's charged with possession of controlled substance. He's in Lake County Jail where bond was set at $10,000. Now, at the time he was out, at the time of his arrest, McCray was already out on bond for a drug arrest that, that was on uh, in November of last year. So and we got a villager. We don't have time for the music, but they got into a brawl because of someone's computer was disconnected from the Internet. I know. So we'll have more coming up. Well, we got a whole other third hour on the way. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is going to join us next hour. You don't want to miss. Stick with us. So this was Biden. This is when he was getting in Marine One on Friday to go to Delaware. And he was, you know, he doesn't have time to go to East Palestine. And he was asked by a reporter from Delaware, well, when are you going to go? When are you going to go over there? When are you going to go to East Palestine? And he wouldn't, he just said, oh, I don't know. And he's like, I did a whole video. Oh, man. Biden's new quote. I did a whole video. Man, what, what? What an epitaph for a campaign. That's like, you know, it's my personal time. Welcome back to the program. Top of our third hour here. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, with you. You can subscribe to the newsletter over at Substack, Chapter and Verse. All kinds of good things go out regularly. I got some stuff planned for you all this week as well. And coming up at the uh, bottom of our hour. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is going to join us. He's fresh off. I was reading. uh, I was just actually reading the whole media reaction to the Reedy Creek thing. I mean, it's like the top one of the top things trending. New York Times has this piece preaching freedom. Ron DeSantis leads by cracking down. They are livid. Because he. Just he signed this thing. And there are a lot of people, excuse me, there are a lot of people who are, uh, especially, I see this a lot on the left. They're like, well, he doesn't, they first, they try to argue that Disney wasn't, didn't have a special tax exempt status, which is entirely, you know, incorrect. They don't have any kind of tax exempt status now. They uh, don't have special crony protections. They, They now have to play by the same rules that every other corporation has to play by. When did the left, when did they, like, I thought they were, wait, I'm so confused. Kane, I thought they were against the corporations. Now they're not. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird take. I don't know how two-faced the left can actually be because they impress me with that, by the way, every week. But do they want corporations to pay their fair share or no? You would think that they would. Is there like a head of the left that we can ask for clarification? Like, excuse us. Excuse us. Can you give us some clarification here? 
I think which, you go to anybody on the left and you wouldn't get an intelligent answer on it. I mean, Florida's making corporation pay their fair shares. Other corporations do. This is a non-story. This is a nothing burger mm-hmm. in reality. There are a lot of people who are just, I mean, quite frankly, and, and these are the people who, who don't believe in like science and numbers. I don't think that they understand the, there's a lot of economic illiteracy and they don't even understand stuff in their own local area. I mean, it's, it's, I, I this, um, like the way that the press has been doing this first, they were like, we can, by the way, when I was in Florida this weekend, the first thing I did, Kane, when I got there on Friday yeah. is I got off the plane and I said gay like a million times. You couldn't say No, no, gay. no. I was like, gay, gay, gay. Wow. Yeah. And I uh, actually saw Dave Rubin over the weekend. He is gay. That's and he's true. in Florida. Man, did he say gay? Yeah, I think he said gay a lot. Man. Yeah. Nobody was arrested. So it must be not true then, what they're saying. Yeah, about. because I was told that there was this law that says you can't say. I mean, I get off the plane, I'm like, gay, 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 gay. <laughs> Nothing happened. No one came and arrested me. So, I'm pretty sure you can say gay in Florida. Wow. Yeah. Man. It's wild, man. Whew. Who knew? Woo-hoo. So, <laughs> the way that this is, it's, I mean, it's nuts. This entire, the freak out over this. Because the way that the media has been treating this thing. They act like they're, he, he, they act like he just killed Mickey Mouse. They act like he just strangled Mickey Mouse and Mickey Mouse is dead. I mean, they didn't have to. They, Disney wanted to spit in the face of the state that was giving them special protections. I don't care what reason is used to not be a crony. Use it. Don't give these people cronious protections. Do you realize that under their whole Reedy Creek thing, they, they actually could develop a nuclear facility? I mean, they had, like, freedom to do whatever. It's like kids being left home alone since the 60s. I mean, that's it. I mean, this, the Reedy Creek Improvement Act, this was done in the 60s because they were trying to create this, like, special municipality for all the Disneyland. And, I mean, it's literally preferred tax status and self-rule. And now they don't have that anymore. And they are also barred from transferring their burden onto anybody else. So that's... And that the way that the media is pre- the way that the media is actually literally like presenting this in the headlines is that well, Ron DeSantis and Democrat Ron DeSantis is punishing Democrats because they had the don't say gay bill. It's not what it was at all. I mean, it wasn't even anything. Yeah, the way Juan puts in this headline, the 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 way that they require it, the way that they put it, it's like he's he controls everyone's lives in Florida. He controls everything. They have a board that oversees everything, and it has to go through a number of checkpoints, which is you know fine. But you know it was a brave move. But he's making them play by the same rules as everybody else, and that's like the. I mean, they're freaking out. That's all going to be NBC, MSNBC, CNN. That is literally all you're going to hear tonight. That is all you're going to hear. They are freaking out. And they have, I mean, I just, it's wild. And the, and the way that they present it is, it, I mean, it's none of this is, none of this is accurate. What, it's the media, what do you expect? Now, yeah, they lost a big, indo- well, the indoctrination machine got, you know, they can't indoctrinate your kids. 
Yeah, of course. They're not going to. Now, the other aspect of this, got a couple of other things to pull up here. Yeah, that's the big. Anyway, he's going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We were talking about Yemen. We were talking about uh, some of the foreign policy situations here just a little bit earlier. I also want to get to some of these other things. I don't want to. I don't want to um, move around. Did you guys see this day of hate thing that was manufactured online over the weekend? I kept seeing stuff about this, and I but I never actually saw. What was the day of hate supposed to be, Kane? Did you know? Because I still nobody really knows what's going on with it. I thought like was it. Day of hate, like were they anticipating hate? Because the left was like, oh, everybody be careful. A day of hate is coming so bad. And they were, it was trending online and nothing ever came of it. Like a CBS wrote about it. New York faith leaders counter extremist day of hate with day of resolve. Like where did, where did this day of hate happen? I think Anti-Defamation League and other organizations like that, they drum this stuff up and they put it out every year so that, People can say, hey, you know, today's the day to hate. So look out for a lot of anti-Semitism today. I mean, was it the left saying, hey, it's a day to just be who you are? I mean, is that what they were doing? Like, it's okay to hate the right and, you know, punch people with red hats, I guess. I don't know. Is that what they were doing? I don't know. I just didn't see anything that that it, it was entirely manufactured and the media was reporting on it and it was entirely manufactured. Another manufactured narrative. <sighs> Just never ends. It never ends. Yes, yeah, so the left pounce. By the way, that's all I've been hearing. The, the um, uh, Wall Street Journal story with the Energy Department, three headlines already. Republicans seize. Republicans pounce. Of of Whose side are you on? It happens. All right, a couple of other things. I want to make sure we're getting to everything. So... With every, with all of our money going overseas, apparently, yay, food stamp cuts days away. Millions of Americans are braving for even tougher times in the grocery aisle. Now, this is according to NBC. They said that the pan- pandemic aid boosted food stamp benefits. That gets cut next week. So they say now a lot of lower income Americans are going to confront smaller balances in their accounts. Now, isn't this just like the left, though? We're going we're gonna to make it easy. I like Ben Franklin's quote. I'm going to abridge it here. But it, it had something to the effect of, you know, I believe in helping the poor, but I don't believe in making them easy in it. Like, I want to help them get out of it. It was his whole point, you know. Yeah, make sure that there are, the government's not squelching opportunities and that people can, can market their talents and their skills and they can, you know, you're not punishing contract workers like gig workers. You're not, you're not punishing businesses with crazy regulations and licensing and regulatory, you know, burdens, all of this stuff. They, they say that they act like they're, they're doing so much for our fellow man and then look, they're very quietly going to just let this. They had the story of a 63-year-old veteran based in Rockford, Illinois, a man named Charles Jones, he received an enhanced monthly SNAP benefit of $281 under the temporary program. His payments are going to plummet to $23. It's a minimum monthly amount when this thing ends next week. So he said he's going to have a serious problem. And he relies on boxed pantry deliveries. He goes, he has a heart condition, so he says he can't eat much of their contents. So uh, first off, why is a veteran like this in this situation? Oh, but you know what? We got to send that $444 million to Yemen. It's way important. We got to send another $50 billion to Ukraine. Some pensions got to be covered, guys. We got to pay for their pensions. 
You know, forget our obligation to the people who served in our own country. We got we to pay their pensions. Jeez. So this is being cut. Remember, though, I thought it was the Democrats who said that the Republicans were going to, like, cut all the stuff for the poor people, Kane. Oh, yeah. Medicaid's going to cut 14 million Americans' coverage. Oh, yeah. Wait, there's more. Medicaid rolls. They haven't been checked since the onset of the lockdown, and the states are asking residents to re-enroll to see if they still qualify. And now it's estimated that millions are going to lose their Medicaid coverage in the coming months as the government begins rechecking the eligibility of those currently insured by the government-sponsored program. Hmm. They said that 14 million people may end up losing coverage. That's pretty significant. So Democrats are cut. They're just... All this time they had control. See, this is what... Even when they have control of D.C., they don't do a damn thing. I'm just talking about them making promises to their base that they can't keep. Remember how they said free tuition? That didn't happen. That's now, that's going to get slammed down in the courts. Remember how they said, we're, we're going to make it to where you don't have to pay your rent? And they knew that that was going to get overturned by the courts. They knew it. But they thought they could sucker people in and, and pay them off with a promise that they knew they couldn't keep. And they were, gonna, they were counting on that, that litigation period between the time that they issued that edict and then the time that the courts overturned it to satiate the people who were voting for them so that they could believe that their vote was returned. They, they got a return on the investment of that vote with this. That is, what th- that is what they think of their base. And now this. They controlled D.C. and they didn't do a damn thing to address any of this. What did they do? That's all we heard. Russia. All we heard. For how long now? And in the meantime, the base that they keep making these promises to that they can't keep, they're the ones suffering. Actually, we all are. We have uh, headlines on the way that you don't want to miss. A lot of stuff to get to. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So here's an interesting headline. This actually comes by way of Axios. Americans are increasingly foregoing or delaying marriage, a dramatic shift from societal norms a generation ago. Over the last 50 years, the marriage rate in the United States has dropped by nearly 60%. We need to be changing kind of our perspective on this stuff because it all you can't have a healthy country without a healthy family unit. And that's just the bottom line, really it is. Uh, according to, well, I've been seeing a lot of pictures from friends of mine who live in California. They've been dealing with extreme rain and snow. Snow falling in places in California where I'd never seen it. You know, climate change, right? I thought it was supposed to be melting, though. Oh, never mind. Narratives change. But they've had a lot of uh, closed roads and a lot of rescues. Uh, I mean, and people suffering from hypothermia, uh, like in and around, like Encino, California. It's crazy. That's it's just wow. Uh, it's been a cold. They had a cold snap, though. The Guardian writes about a return to medieval medicine. And I'm sorry, but if we're going to start going back to the days of maggots and leeches, no thank you. But they say that they have to figure something out because there's been a rise in global antibiotic resistance. So now they have to look at different treatments. And some scientists are trying to turn back the clock to find effective alternatives. That's actually crazy that we would have to do that because antibiotic resistance has gotten so bad because it's being abused. And then also, I honestly think we've got slower development because everything with the excise taxes and R&D cuts from Obamacare and now China being you know running all the inputs for all of it. It's sad. Nearly half. This is really sad. Nearly half of the New York City uh, grads 
This is a, a public school graduates who head to local community colleges. They're actually forced into remedial classes to survive their first semester, according to new data obtained by the New York Post. Amid chronic absenteeism, widespread grade inflation, and a failure to prepare students for higher education, city school kids are being shoved through an educational revolving door, says the Post, without learning, according to the experts whom they interviewed. They said that 47% of all of the new grads had to take remedial English. That's crazy. So wait, where's the return for the investment of the tax dollars in education? And how much does the lockdown also play into these increase, this increase in numbers? Coming up next, he's in all the headlines today. And he signed some big things in Florida just this morning. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis joins us via Skype next. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. When the world lost its mind, when common sense suddenly became an uncommon virtue, Florida was a refuge of sanity, a citadel of freedom for our fellow Americans and even for people around the world. Ron DeSantis has decided to put his people first. Ron DeSantis taking a lot of heat over it, but he's not backing down. Florida's success has been made more difficult by the floundering federal establishment in Washington, D.C. An inflationary spending binge that has left our nation weaker and our citizens poorer. It has enacted pandemic restrictions and mandates. It has recklessly facilitated open borders. It has imposed an energy policy that has crippled our nation's domestic production. This has caused many to be pessimistic about the country's future. Some even say that failure is inevitable. This is a powerful video from a governor who's done quite a lot in, in four years' time, a little over four years' time, to change the entire political makeup of his state. And he's got a brand new book that is out. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis now joins us via Skype. His new book, which is out tomorrow, you can pre-order it right now, The Courage to Be Free, Florida's Blueprint for America's Revival. Governor, it's a pleasure to have you. Good to see you. Congrats on the book. That's a powerful video, and that's the video for the book. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, Dana, I mean, you know, because you, you talk to people, people are frustrated with the direction of the country. It seems like particularly the federal government, uh, they make one misstep after another, uh, oftentimes abusing their power and, and going after our freedoms. And people think that America's best days are behind them. Some people think that. And, you know, I get frustrated, too. But I think what we can say in Florida is, you know, there is a better way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've shown that you can succeed beyond what anybody thought I would be able to do, you know, over the last four years. And it's basically by being true to the principles that made this country great, uh, being willing to, to lead on those principles and to have the courage to stand there when you're taking the fire from the left and the media and not back down. And when you do that, People respond. And I can tell you, when I ran for re-election, we had people that would have walked over hot poles barefoot to vote for us because we had their back when it counted. Yeah. And that is actually when you when you talk about how much that has changed, I was just looking over the percentages, the the most the the last election, Miami-Dade, Palm Beach. I mean, there's not a single statewide office 
where a demo an elected statewide office that has a democrat in it right now it's republican the the legislature republican uh areas that have not been republican in a long time or really like i think it's uh palm beach commissioner uh now you have a republican that's incredibly significant uh tell me how i mean it, i know it took a lot of work uh how did you how did you make that happen in four years well, I think, as you know, in 2018, I got elected with 32,000 vote margin. And so here I am, 40 years old, youngest governor of the country, taking the helm of the third largest state. And I was advised to trim my sails. You know, don't necessarily rock the boat. It was a close election. And I rejected that advice. I mean, my view is I may have gotten 50 percent of the vote, but I earned 100 percent of the executive power. And I'm going to use it to advance the agenda I promised I would do and the best interests of the state of Florida. So we went. We had a good understanding of our constitutional powers. We knew the pressure points were. Uh, we were not taking polls. I never took a poll the whole time uh, as governor. I think you lead and then you shape public opinion. You don't need to, re to respond to public opinion. That's and we said we're going. On, and then we're going on offense. I'm not going to sit there and let the media define the terms of the debate or the left. And so we were constantly out out there raising issues not being willing to shirk from these fights. And I think what ended up happening is it was hard for the left and the media to keep up with us. And we really had a toward pace. So we, we did all that. We, we took all the issues that came before us. And then, of course, COVID was a big thing and our state handled it well. And so we went from winning by 32,000 votes to 1.5 million votes. You mentioned mm -hmm. winning Miami-Dade County, 70% Latino. We won by double digits. You don't do that unless you're convincing people who used to not vote for Republicans to vote for us. And I think the exciting thing about it is, yes, the results and we're very happy with that. But, you know, I led in a way that drew a lot of fire from the media and a lot of elected officials don't like that. And a lot of people thought that I was not going to be successful politically, particularly during COVID when I was doing things that were getting frowned upon by the establishment in the media. But I think what we've shown is, you know, boldness, boldness is your friend. Um, if you do it, there's a lot of political payoff for it. And here's the thing. If it doesn't work out politically, at least you did the right thing when you had power. And that's true. And that you could really see, I mean, you want independent voters by more than 15 points, 60 percent of Hispanic voters, the majority of women voters, highest percentage of black voters from any Republican gubernatorial candidate in like our our generation's history in Florida. Uh, that is that's ha hasn't been seen in any other state, including my state of Texas, where we have a Republican governor and Republican legislature. But we didn't see those those type of margins. Is that down? Down to, I would imagine you attribute it to the issues that you tackled and the way that you tackled those issues, correct? Yeah, look, I think, Dana, when people see that you're willing to stand up for them when it's not easy, you know, they end up having a, a loyalty to support you going forward because they remember that. I mean, they remember me standing in the fire for their kids' schools and the jobs and the businesses being open and all that. And, and also, I think that you prove as a leader are you someone they can trust or not? I think even my biggest critics would say, if Governor DeSantis says he's going to do something, he is going to do it. He doesn't just say and, and do platitudes. Once he says he's doing it, you can take that to the bank. And so I think people appreciate having a leader where you know where he stands. Uh, and you don't have to worry about that. And there's some people that don't agree with me on a lot of stuff that still voted for me because I had their back. You know, I had people that voted for Bernie Sanders that voted for me <laughs> because I saved their jobs with the vax mandates. Yes. They were going to lose their jobs to some of these Bernies. Now, granted, we're not going to agree on, on a lot of other stuff, but that was enough 
where they saw that I was the one guy willing to fight for him. You uh, were talking with Governor Ron DeSantis. His new book, The Courage to Be Free, uh, is out tomorrow. You write about fighting wokery in your book, uh, particularly, obviously, fighting for our students. Now, the town in which I live in Texas, in Texas, of all places, was the first town to actually battle this at the ballot box. And it was a bunch of grassroots parents. And amongst the leadership of those grassroots parents were Cuban immigrants, but they were all, you know, like white supremacist adjacency. That's the narrative. Um, They successfully took back uh, our school board here, which it was amazing. I did not realize that you were actually endorsing uh, in local school board races because, I mean, if all politics are local, why are more governors not doing that? That That is something I've never seen before. Well, what we found in Florida, under our Constitution, school board races are nonpartisan. So if you were to run, Dana, it'd just be your name, no party. If I ran, it'd just be my name. Now, you know, these are low-profile races. So what happens is the money that goes into that is from the school unions. So they get behind a union candidate, they flood the money, and they basically appeal to voters in red counties and try to dress their candidate up as if they share the, are the county's values. And a lot of times they don't. So what we did was just shine a light. We were able to communicate to Republican voters and independent voters which candidates I was supporting and why, and then being able to point out who was being backed by the unions. And so we got into 34 school board races and were able to win 29 of them. We now have conservative majorities. In Miami-Dade County, the the largest uh, school district in in, uh, the state, 2.8 million people, Sarasota, all these other places we were able to flip. And so the thing is, is we've done a lot in the state, and and you guys have covered parents' rights in education. We do do school choice, ban CRT. That's all very important. But the state, and a state as big as Florida, the state government cannot be micromanaging everything involving education. You need those school board members to be the first line of defense, to be able to stand for the parents and stand for solid curriculum and fight the indoctrination. And so this is going to make Florida so much better to have these school board members. And oh, by the way, we've also put out our hit list for 2024. There's some liberal school board members in conservative districts that we're going to target and make sure we elect people that share the community's values. I love the network that's created with us. Talking with Governor Ron DeSantis, his new book, The Courage to Be Free, out tomorrow. So in this book, too, you know, you're talking about door knocking and going and meeting people. And you had your wife, First Lady Casey DeSantis, with you. Um, you y'all were scootering from house to house. Tell me about mm-hmm. this. But this is the first time we I ran, 2012, running for the U.S. Congress, I started with no name ID, no money, had never run before. And we had a seven-way primary and Casey and I would go. I bought her a little scooter. I had a Ford F-150. We'd load the scooter in the bed of the truck, (laughs) go to the neighborhood. She'd get on the scooter, go to all the Republican primary voters' houses on one side of the neighborhood. I'd start on the other side, do the same thing. We'd knock, but here's the thing about it, Dana. When you stand there and listen to somebody, one, if you just look them in the eye, ask for their vote, that's the best way to get the vote. But a poll, you can poll things. It doesn't tell you people's real concerns in their own words. And so I was on the doorsteps listening to thousands of people in that congressional district. And and I heard some of the, the problems that saw with the Republican establishment in Washington, for example. They got so frustrated that people would get elected saying all the right things then they'd go to D.C. and they would go native. And they would say to me, they'd be like, I like you. I like what you're saying. 
but don't you go and be like them. How do I know you're going to do what you say you do? And one of the things I was able to say was, listen, um, you know, I was a blue collar kid. I played baseball in college and went to law school at, at Yale and Harvard. And if you could go through Yale and Harvard and come out more conservative than when you went in, then you're going to be able to handle the swamp in D.C. and keep your values intact. And, you know, I like to think that I did that because they were very happy with my performance and eventually elected me governor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the courage to be free out tomorrow. Uh, just I, I have to congratulate you because earlier today and you talked about uh, the pressure that Bob Chapek was feeling with the uh, woke fight with Disney. Uh, you get into your book and how he was really being pressured by a lot of Democrats, by by other people in Disney uh, to get involved in this. He ultimately did not listen to common sense. But today you signed that removal of that special tax status, uh, that Reedy Creek uh, district from Disney. I did not realize how much power they actually had. I mean, this was a corporation that uh, I mean, this was crony uh, preferred status. And now they have to compete like everyone else. I think your quote was, uh, Disney is going to be treated like SeaWorld is treated. Tell me about this. Well, you know, these companies, I think, really play with fire when they get involved in some of these issues, especially Disney, which is a family-friendly company. You're supposed to be catering to, to parents with young kids. And Dana, when I'm dealing with this issue, I'm not just dealing with it as a governor. I'm dealing with it like a dad with a six, a four, and a two-year-old at home. So my wife and I are sensitive about this. And so they were doing it the company's values have obviously changed, and that's bad, but what's the problem is they had this self-governing status that no other company in Florida has ever enjoyed, no other individual. And so when they're engaged in activism against our parents' rights bill, we in Florida are effectively subsidizing their activism through this special arrangement. And so it was our view that you cannot have an arrangement like that. First of all, it's not good policy, period. But to have a company that's values are so divergent from where we're at in terms of parents' rights, we had to act. And so, so we started it last year. We had to do things because they have, they have a municipal debt and all this. And the media was trying to say, oh, if you don't let Disney govern themselves, then all Floridians are going to pay more taxes and debt. And actually, Bill, we signed today, Disney loses their self-governing status. They have to abide by all the laws of the state of Florida. They lose their exemption. They can now pay their they will now pay fair share of taxes and they are solely responsible for the municipal debt. So everything we said we would do, we've delivered everything the media said was going to happen again, turns out to be another lie. That's a, a, a huge, a huge achievement. One last quick question for you. I know uh, we're we're coming up against a hard break and we appreciate your time. We'll have to have you come back and talk with us. Uh, the. The makeup of the legislature, you get into everything that you've done in your book, like basically, you know, your start, everything that you you went through with the lockdown, uh, you know, the the, the Stop Woke Act, uh, which, by the way, does mandate the teaching of, of black history, uh, unlike yes. what media narratives are telling everybody. But with the new makeup of the Florida legislature, demonstrably more conservative than when you when you first took office and you're able to get so many more things done, including constitutional carry which i know is working its way through the system this is this is awesome this would be another state to add uh tell me about this because you would you sign this if it makes it to your desk you will sign this oh no of course so when i was running 18 dana remember because you were down in florida for parkland in the aftermath and they passed a, a significant gun control i was a candidate and i said i would have vetoed that because i think it violated second amendment and fifth amendment due process rights 
that was not necessarily an easy position to take at the time because people were understandably upset. Right. There was a desire to just do something. But my view is, is constitutional rights don't mean much if in those difficult times you abandon them. And so I ran and got elected saying I would have vetoed that bill. At the same time, a lot of those members early on uh, had voted for it and there was not the appetite for them to do constitutional carry. So I worked with the current speaker last campaign. I said, he's committed. If we can get a big majority, this is going to get done. So it will get done. And there's 25 states uh, that allow you to carry, don't require the permission slip. Florida will make a majority of the states uh, that have constitutional carry. That's a huge achievement. Congratulations and congrats on the book. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, The Courage to Be Free. You can pre-order now. It's out officially tomorrow. Governor, appreciate your fight. Would love to have you back. Thank you for all you're doing, not just for Florida, but for America. We appreciate it. Godspeed. Thank you. Of course. Take care. We have more to come, folks. After this next quick break, uh, we have a lot more shows. Stay with us. We'll be back after this. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, Dana, there is a variety of views in the intelligence community. Some elements of the intelligence community have reached conclusions on one side, some on the other. A number of them have said they just don't have enough information to be sure. Here's what I can tell you. President Biden has directed repeatedly uh, every element of our intelligence community to put effort and resources behind getting to the bottom of this question. And one of the things in that Wall Street Journal report, uh, which I can't confirm or deny, but I will say the reference to the Department of Energy, President Biden specifically requested that the national labs, which are part of the Department of Energy, be brought into this assessment because mm-hmm. he wants to put every tool at use uh, to be able to figure out what happened here. And if we gain any further insider information, we will share it with Congress and we will share it with the American people. I, I just that's a deflection. It's a it's a time waster. That's what that is. That is uh, the administration and specifically that's NSA's Jake Sullivan, who's saying, well, I can't confirm or deny anything. But we I mean, I think it's all been but it's all, I mean, pretty, it's confirmed. Well, I, I mean, what else do you need? It's not like China's going to send you a card. It's from us. XO China. That's not going to happen, right? You're not going to get anything from Xi Jinping or the commies in Beijing. That rhymed. Uh, you, they're not going to say, they're not going to, what, they're, they're not going to cop to it. Come on. Good heavens. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, chapter and verse. I got a lot of good stuff coming out at you on that. Tonight, I'll be on with Jesse Waters in the 6 p.m. Central Hour. Topic to be determined. And Kane today in stupidity. It's up. Our president... Uh, Joe Biden says he can't recall if he spoke to the mayor of East Palestine. He, it's, uh, just, let, let's hear it. Travel there and have you talked with the mayor? I, I, I can't recall. I don't think I've talked to the mayor. I've talked to everyone else there and I'm multiple times. I've talked to both the senators. Both, like, okay. All right. I did a video. Stellar work. We've grown to accept. There you go. Folks, I'll be back with you behind the mic tomorrow. Have a great night. Sign up again. By the way, find us on YouTube, Facebook, like, and subscribe. I'll be on Fox tonight, 6 p.m. Central. God bless.